This is KYUK Public Radio for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Evan Erickson. Alaska's Game Management Authority has increased some harvest opportunities for the area surrounding Bethel. The changes provide greater opportunities to harvest moose, wolves, brown bears, and ptarmigan, while keeping Molchotna caribou and mainland muskoxen off-limits. Here's a report. According to the state, the number of muskoxen roaming the mainland near Bethel falls far below the 300 animals deemed the minimum for considering a hunt. We are just not ready to have a hunt yet. This is a very small population, very few adult animals. Unit 18 area biologist Patrick Jones said that illegal harvesting is likely hindering population growth, but also noted the need for increased research funding. Because uh, there's just more questions than answers. Is there one population here? Is there two? Is there three? And I couldn't tell you right now without that research funding. Jones spoke in Kotzebue at the Alaska Board of Games meeting at the end of January to consider management decisions covering the vast western reaches of the state. Board members heard proposals from the State Department of Fish and Game, individuals, and organizations throughout the region. Philip Peter Sr. testified as chair of the Fish and Game Advisory Committee representing a dozen lower Kuskokwim River communities and echoed calls for continued muskox and protection. He also voiced support for proposals passed to increase brown bear, moose, and ptarmigan harvest, and one to extend the wolf trapping season by a month. And this proposal could help terrible population to come back faster. Also citing the ailing Molchotna caribou herd, a proposal from the native village of Quinnahawk for a two-week extension of the moose hunting season in the area passed unanimously. Quinnahawk Tribal Council member Jacqueline Cleveland testified in support. The Malchatna herd has historically been one of the village's primary food sources, and thus there is an increased reliance on the moose hunt to meet subsistence needs. Another moose proposal that passed will increase the allowable harvest to three animals in the Unit 18 remainder, site of the popular Yukon River winter hunt. With the population on track to outgrow its winter food source, this mirrors a move made by federal managers in 2021. Board of Game Vice Chair and Bethel resident Stosh Hoffman said he has enjoyed seeing the moose population's growth in the Unit 18 remainder over time. I reside in Unit 18, and this is, this is amazing to watch, and I've been tracking this. We've been liberalizing it for years, and it's, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the moose population for this. It's really just more opportunity for a very few people, like the department stated, so I can support this. As for whether the proposals passed and rejected will ultimately be beneficial for game populations and the communities that rely on them, it will be another three years before the board comes back to the table to consider the state's next steps. A Kipnuk man faces up to 99 years in prison after being convicted by a jury of two counts of possessing child pornography. The state attorney general's office wrote in a press release that 67-year-old Joseph Kashatok stored images of child pornography on a USB device in June 2019. Some images were deleted from the device, and the jury found Kashatok not guilty on three other counts of possessing child pornography related to the deleted images. Kashatok's jury trial lasted just under two weeks, and the jury deliberated for four hours before reaching a guilty verdict on two of the five counts. Kashatok's sentencing is scheduled for July 30th in Bethel. He faces up to 99 years in prison. A Washington state-based conservation organization is asking the federal government to list king salmon in southeast and south-central Alaska under the protection of the Endangered Species Act. The Wild Fish Conservancy filed a 68-page petition with the National Marine Fisheries Service on January 11th. 
The same organization also filed a lawsuit against the National Marine Fisheries Service in 2020, arguing that the agency's authorization of the Southeast Alaska King Salmon Troll Fishery was in violation of the ESA and should be permanently shut down. That suit remains in litigation. KCAW's Robert Wolsey recently spoke with Nad Hers, an independent reporter with the Northern Journal, to learn more about the Wildfish Conservancy's petition to list King Salmon as endangered. It could end in 30 days with uh, with the National Marine Fisheries Service saying, we don't think that the information that you've presented here shows that there's a you know significant or imminent risk of extinction. And so then it's actually case closed unless Wild Fish Conservancy, the organization that's pushing for this, decides it wants to, I guess, you know, file a lawsuit or some kind of appeal. If they actually accept the petition, then that would start like a, a year long review process. Um, and then uh, and then within another year, if they decide that it it is merited, they would publish like a proposed rule uh, request for public comments. And I think there's some process around designated critical habitats. So I think if there was a, a listing that was going to happen, it would not be happening for at least two years but you know these things i think very often get bogged down in litigation and um appeals and so yeah i don't think you know we have to worry about fishing season getting shut down in sitka or anywhere else because of this anytime in the near term do you think the esa listing is connected at all to the the uh, the lawsuit from the wild fish conservancy and uh i guess their long-term strategy of trying to protect the population of southern resident killer whales in Puget Sound by ending southeast commercial trolling for Chinook? I think that there are some interesting and important questions that are raised by the Wild Fish Conservancy's activity here. It, you know, it, it, it does feel like in a lot of places, in a lot of ways around the state, and particularly in South Central and in Southeast Alaska, like there are scary things happening in the ocean. And I think they are asking questions in, you know, really tough ways in effect through the, the lawsuit and the Endangered Species Act petition about like, what kind of steps do we need to and can we take to, to deal with this? I think the way that they're going about it, where they don't really seem to be engaging with stakeholders and folks that are really connected to and invested in these resources and these fish in Alaska is not endearing them to a lot of those stakeholders. My sense is if you went uh, door to door at Sitka and asked for, did a poll on Wild Fish Conservancy, you probably wouldn't get a lot, a, a high approval rating. You know, it's hard, I think, for Alaskans and as an Alaskan to totally understand what their broader strategy is and are they really trying to engage Alaskans in their work or in some ways are they trying to basically use these sort of legal levers that are out there because they feel like Alaskans aren't taking this seriously and, and aren't going to be partners in their efforts, even if they're those efforts they think are necessary. I think that's an interesting observation, Nat, because a number of high-profile conservation organizations like Salmon State and the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council have come out in opposition to the Wild Fish Conservancy, both the lawsuit and now the ESA listing. In fact, Salmon State took the gloves off and said it's just a, an obvious effort by the Wild Fish Conservancy to, to sort of stick a knife in the back of Southeast commercial trolling. So it does seem like there's an odd imbalance. If it really is an effort to conserve king salmon, why isn't the conservation community more aligned 
it feels like at some level when we talk about the threats to this southern resident killer whale population that the wild fish conservancy says it wants to protect and threats to chinook salmon in southeast alaska and in puget sound i think you know a lot of people and people in the alaska conservation community are very quick to point the finger at puget sound area it's like an urban jungle and what are you guys doing to stop the runoff of these like nasty PCBs and other contaminants you're getting from like, I guess, car tires that are also like linked to decline in in the killer whales. And I think you can also look and say, well, really the biggest problem affecting like our entire environment and all of our marine life, whether it's fish or orcas, is a global warming climate change problem. At some level, I can kind of empathize with the approach being taken by Wild Fish Conservancy here, because how do you as like a relatively small conservation advocacy group deal with like urbanization of an entire region of your state and 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 unwinding that? And similarly, how do you as a small conservation organization deal with the global problem of climate change? It is much easier and, and more convenient to like point the finger at the people that are pulling the fish one by one out of the ocean, even if the science is maybe not conclusive about how much of an impact they're having. And so, you know, I don't know. I think it's like this is the kind of thing that we are seeing in broader places than just Alaska as we like deal with these bigger environmental issues, I think, and climate change in particular is that like, you know, you start to get into this kind of blame game and, and finger pointing when the real underlying problems might be things that we actually need to kind of come together and cooperate to resolve. Nat Hers is an independent reporter with the Northern Journal who has covered the Wild Fish Conservancy's troll lawsuit and now its petition to list Alaskan Chinook as endangered. He spoke with KCAW's Robert Wolsey. This is KYUK News. I'm Evan Erickson. Koyana for listening. Please share your news tips, comments, or suggestions. You can email us at news at kyuk.org or message us on Facebook. And stay tuned for Yuktun Ganumchit coming up. Mm-hmm.